You're listening to the Burgundy Blogcast, presented by Burgundy Blog and hosted by Sports Channel 8. In this week's episode, we ask philosophical Redskins fan questions. Would you rather them be down by three with the offense on the field or up by three with the defense trying to prevent a final drive? We discuss whether Matt Jones made a good or a bad play. Did he put another one on the ground today? No, no, he didn't. Um, uh, he, uh, well, well, he did. <laughs> he did. Uh, but I it thought, was a very, un, very unconventional fumble, which is why it didn't even really register. And we talk about how to grade coaching staffs on in-game decisions. All that and more on the NFC Leading East Redskins in this episode of Burgundy Blogcast. All right, welcome in to Burgundy Blogcast, hosting for Sports Channel 8. I'm Hayes Permar, and the author, the producer, the owner of Burgundy Blog is Brent. Hello, Brent. Hello, hello. How are you doing, man? Good. You sound, you, you, should, you should sound more excited after a win. I can tell you're already, like, feeling <laughs> the negatives in this win when it no. should be a... It should be a uh, a road win, which is a good thing, and, a, you know, still in the division lead, which is a good thing, but uh, I feel like you want to... Uh, yeah, you got praises to give individually, but are, are you in love with this team? Uh, well, yeah, it's a big. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, all right, there um, we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. All right, I, I, I want to get you up. So let's start with the man. Even before we address anything else in the win, let's talk yeah. about Jordan Reed. How much Oof. do you love Jordan Reed right now? Wow. Yeah, he was a. He was on fire. Did you have him as your midseason MVP a couple weeks ago? I think you I might. Think have. I did. Yeah. Well done, because he's certainly continued that trend. Yeah, he's been pretty healthy, which was like the only thing we all really figured that he needed. He's played in, I think, 11 of the 13 games, and um, there's no question that that he, you know, absolutely changes the tenor of the offense when he's in, and he was amazing today. Yeah, he uh, he's certainly become a, a a weapon, even not not just a, a safety blanket, I'd say for. Uh, for Kirk Cousins, but even a weapon. Uh, but, all right, but the game was a 24-21 victory. Uh, were you sweating? How, what, what, were you, what, what percentages were you kicking around in your head for Gould to make the final kick there? I thought he was going to make it. He's pretty good. No, he is. I mean, I, yeah. I'd be sitting there probably thinking like 85%, but it was, I mean, it was yeah. a deep It was a deep one, and it's, you know, outdoors, so I would have yeah. given him an 80 to 90% chance. But, but he, uh, I guess last week he had a big miss, right, that would have tied or it, or – Put them ahead. Yeah, and that, and that was in a, a much shorter one. That almost yeah. made you feel like, ah, oh, he's probably going to come through with a big one. Almost, uh, yeah, that 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 seemed to happen. Uh, did you feel like the Redskins could have done a better job of not even uh, giving the Bears sort of that opportunity to tie at the end uh, if they had managed the clock better? Oh man, yeah, definitely. They um, well, there was a lot of things. You know, they jumped out to a commanding lead, two touchdown lead, and their first two offensive possessions. Well, really, offense and defense both looked awesome in the first quarter. So they had a chance there to um, – they were up 14 nothing. Trent Murphy had a really nice uh, strip sack fumble recovery. It was probably, I think, the best play of his young career. And the Redskins had a chance to really bury them, I think, pretty early. And then, as usual, they didn't – they couldn't capitalize off the turnover. And then the Bears came back and scored, and it was only a one-touchdown game going into the half. But, yeah, they had – I mean – they had a lot of opportunities first half and then, you know, fourth quarter, I think, to, to sort of put it away. And then it, they just looked like they were trying to <laughs> trying to find a way to lose. Um, yeah, the clock management stuff, there was 
Yeah, I think probably that, that would have driven a lot of fans crazy today. They had, I think they called at least two, possibly three timeouts because they couldn't um, couldn't you know get plays into the huddle fast the enough. Worst. Yeah. The worst. And then the one, the absolute most unforgivable was a delay of game after a timeout. So painful. And then they, I guess they were, you know, headsets supposedly were like in and out or maybe out for an extended period. So, um yeah, I mean, I, I'm usually, you know, I don't, I don't know how you feel about this, Hayes, but, like, I'm not the, you know, I watch these games, like, w- with a pretty critical eye, but I don't usually fixate on, on like, clock management stuff. Because right. I, I think, for one thing, you know, sometimes I'm watching kind of, like, usually live, but maybe I'm, I'm like, pausing and rewinding a little bit. So it, it's a little bit hard for me to get completely into the flow of the game in real time. Right. Um. So that that's one thing that makes it, harder for me to like second guess these guys whose job it is to make these calls like you know in a, in a split second but the other thing is it's just it's just really it's really hard I think it's so easy to like sit back and look at a game and be like well he had 15 seconds there and you know he probably should have called timeout and they would have had one more player one more possession and I mean like I, I don't know I just that's not really my bag is to sit there and like harp on time management you know clock management stuff but but uh just like I th- I think it was a really big issue today. Whether the headsets were in or out or whatever, like they they have to come up with some kind of a system. And and partly with the Redskins, you know, there's been a lot made of like they've got this. I don't know if you if you've seen this, but they've got this very convoluted uh, system of play calling. Basically, like the head coach, the offensive coordinator, and the offensive line coach are all involved very intimately, like with every specific play. Right. Uh. And, and so the fans are like, I think. I mean, I, I don't know, speaking for myself, like, it's hard to believe or, or understand how that all, like, gets off over the, you know, over the course of, a, you know, 40, 30 seconds, 40 seconds between two plays. And so when you have, like, a game with several of these where they can't get it off in time, it makes you wonder if, if like, that whole crazy chain of events that has to take place is part of the problem. Um you know, I, I don't know. I wonder if maybe streamlining it a little could av- avoid that. But yeah, that that was a big issue. They, that that really could have cost them in such a close game. Is the is that play calling systems something that uh, that is discussed in the in the general media or something that he's asked about a lot? Oh yeah, man, it's it's a big it's a it's a it's a frequent and, and it, popular narrative about did, how that works because basically like so the the you know Randy Jordan is a running backs coach for one thing he apparently decides like which running back is in the game at any given time right and then Bill Callahan the much ballyhooed offensive lineman who came over from the Cowboys. When there's going to be a running play, he apparently selects the running play. Then you've got Sean McVay, who in title at least is the offensive coordinator. And I think for most of the season, he actually has been the primary play caller. But he's the one who basically decides, well, is it going to be a pass or a run play? And then you've got Gruden, like over top of all all three of those dudes, decide, you know, basically with veto power. And, like, somehow, especially on a run play, like, all those guys have input. To me, it's unbelievable that there aren't more problems, actually. There's a great joke in here somewhere about, uh, you know, Washington, D.C. having this much, you know, trouble making one, one decision or this, having, you know, this many people involved. But I, I, don't, I don't have it Checks right off the top of my head. Checks and balances. Uh, have you seen the uh, – the, 
I don't even know what to call it. The viral video came from Cartoon Network. There was Too Many Cooks. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. You have to see Too Many Cooks. But it, it reminds me of Too Many Cooks, you know, that, and what that the old adage, Too right. Many Cooks in the Kitchen. But, yes, yeah. that does sound like a little bit of a convoluted system. Does it, is it something that, that, like, Gruden owns or that he thinks is, like, something cool? Or does he claim, like, oh, well, this is what we did here, here, or here, or these people do it successfully, and that's why we do it? Like, is there yeah. somebody using this system su- successfully? I think, you know, I, I certainly don't presume that the Redskins are the only team in the NFL with, like, more than, you know, one guy uh, involved. I mean, they're definitely not, and you hear that in other places. And when Callahan was in Dallas, in fact, there was, like, you know, he was a play caller for a while, and then it was Scott Linehan, and then they kind of, like, you know, did it together. I mean, I know a lot of teams have more than one guy, like, in on on it. But, uh, but he yeah, he's been asked about it a lot, like, over the course of the whole season, and he – you know, for his part, just kind of says like, well, you know, it's obviously he's going to say he's he's not going to say, well, yeah, what we're doing is really stupid, but um, <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, and he kind of defends it, and I don't know, it's not sometimes they call, you know, today for example, those first two drives they had like the first drive uh, was 15 plays, and the second drive covered over 90 yards, I think, and um, offense was in a great rhythm. I tweeted you know, that, that they, that I thought Gruden and, and McVay were like calling a great offensive game at that point. And then, you know, as they usually do, like that kind of like stops and then they had hit this huge lull, but, um, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it seems like it doesn't. I don't know. To me, it, it seems like if you could, uh, I don't know, like I said, streamline it a little bit, maybe would, would, uh, prevent some of these clock management things and, and having to burn us as unnecessary timeouts, but um, yeah, I don't know. So you think it's more a play calling issue than, than clock management as far as like when to call timeouts to save time, or, or do you think that they sort of struggle at both those? And I respect you. I do agree that, that everybody thinks they're a genius at it when yeah. when when they're not. Like the, I mean, it, For a recent example, uh, I think in the uh, maybe the Pac-12 championship game or some other big game in Stanford, maybe it was Stanford-Notre Dame, I don't remember, everybody was killing – you know, uh, David Shaw, the Stanford coach, for not calling timeouts. Right. And they end up winning the game where, like, with 12 seconds left, they throw a pass and call a timeout with three seconds left yeah. because they had that last timeout. It was like, no, they tied it perfectly, you know. Uh-huh, so, yeah. so there are a lot of people that, that you know, li- like to, to, to jump on it when, when there, there are some different ways to play it. But I do think that's one thing that you can – Hold a, st- a coaching staff accountable for it, it, reasonably, and, and it's yeah. because because there are people out there, you know. Not that obviously every coach isn't going to be like Belichick, but you just see so many times where they like, you know, exploit the the fine nuances of the rules. It's like, man, the least you can do is know, you know, the the, the basics and the average and when to go for two. You know, that that makes mathematics sense. It, late in the game, I'm talking late in the game. The mm-hmm. decision about when to go early is whatever. That's up in the air. But right. you, you know what I mean. The the, the chart when when there's only going to be two or three possessions left. Yeah, um, so I do think that that's something that you can fairly sort of rate a staff on. So do you think they're um, like a C, or do you think they're as low as like a D if you're giving like a letter grade for how they gen- gen- generally manage clock in all that whole area of uh, of coaching? Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess I think they're pretty average personally. Um, actually, there was recently I don't know if you saw some dude at ESPN. You know, they're always creating like new statistics and rankings and stuff. Like they've got their own quarterback rating and all that and and some guy created like a head coaching score for um I think he called it I think it's called the strategy score and it's supposedly a measure of like in-game uh you know decision making right and Cruden ranked fifth I think 
in the out of thirty two head coaches after you know like the studs Belichick and and Ron Rivera, um, and I know you probably think that's funny that, but he was really high. I know he's been like over the course of his you know tenure with the Panthers, he was on the hot seat for a long time, and now he's like the flavor of the day. But uh, yeah, they they rank and they they considered it was only like three things, but one of the one of the three main criteria was. Um, when to call timeout, and this guy said that having gone through the whole season very carefully, he thought Gruden had only made one really egregious error in not calling a timeout, you know, before the two-minute warning when he should have. So he, this, you know, he thought he was pretty good. I think he's at least average. I don't think he's horrible at that stuff. And last year he was brutal on uh, throwing the red challenge flag. Right. And th- this year he's been very good. He's, he's, uh, his his uh, percentage is pretty high. So. I'd so always, far, be, you know, I'd always the, be curious how you have to be assigning someone to do that as a head coach. You, I would you, think so. You yeah. have to be assigning somebody who's got a good, clear video of you, and you just mm-hmm. say, "I'm listening to you and nobody but you, man." Right, you know, right. we'll, get, we'll, we'll live and die by this. All right, but hold on. I'd be curious what that guy's formula is. Does it include like when to go for it on fourth down? Yeah, uh, that was. I think that might have been the other one. I think it was. Right. I think it was when to go for it, how to use your timeouts, and when when to you know uh, accuracy with challenges. All right, so but how do you rate when to go for it on fourth down? If you got the the, the first down, right, or yeah. if you went for it in a time where the 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 stat, you know, the mathematical <laughs> analysis says you were over fifty percent, should have gone for it. I don't know. Like, how do you rate? Yeah, I mean that, that that's I, definitely. I think he had some algorithm. And the the other th- and and you you could look at them individually and see what was just a bad challenge. But I've seen several coaches throw a flag at a time where it's almost like maybe like fourth quarter and they're up where. It's almost like to stall the offense, and that they were going to call timeout anyway. And it was like, right. oh, that was a close play, one. And you know, I don't, I don't really think I got it. But if I do, great. If not, we're taking the timeout. You know right. what I mean? Right, so. so you're anyway. saying that, like, you know, the algorithm would grade him harshly, but like he had maybe other reasons. Well, I, I don't know anybody specific. I'm not, I'm right. not bagging on Gruden. I'm, I'm just saying yeah, I'd yeah. be curious to see what the what the form. Yeah, you know, just like any other. You know, there's quarterback ratings where I'm I'm sort of suspect for you know whenever the numbers whenever you get one of those disparities for like oh, hold on clearly somebody's you know winning and doing good things but right. you know Tebow is way up in your rankings because he's only played yeah, a few games yeah. and completed like seven of eight passes you know it's like yeah. all right you need to figure out a new ranking <laughs> yeah exactly that, that's yeah so so I I can't I I can't bag the coaching one I just I would have questions about it yeah. So. Well, yeah, I, I always I take it with a big grain of salt because I think you know who knows how that if those measures could you know actually be standardized or what they're worth. But if if that guy who spent a lot of time trying to research it thinks he's number five, he's probably not in the bottom five, you know. All right, Matt Jones, did he put another one on the ground today? No, no, he didn't. Um, uh, he uh, well, well, he did, <laughs> he did, uh, but I it thought, was very, un, very unconventional fumble, which is why it didn't even really register. But you, you know what? I, I, I was, I saw a tweet that said something about Matt Jones is finding new ways to fumble. And yeah. I, like I didn't see it, but yeah. Uh, so but you'll that, have to go back and see the play. I mean, it, it was, it, it was, it was the wildest play of, of the game, and, and pro- I'm sure one of the wildest in the in the league for the week. But like so. So it was, I guess it was fourth quarter. I think that the Redskins were, at the time, uh, they must have been winning by three. I think Hopkins had already kicked a field goal to to go up by three. And it was a third down play. Uh, Cousins drops back. 
He like, doesn't have anybody open right away. He's kind of scrambling around to the right for a pretty long time, actually. He heaves up this horrible-looking, across-his-body moon ball that absolutely deserved to be intercepted. And you know, Otherwise, he actually was, was pretty good today. He did throw one ball that was intercepted, and it was a terrible right. interception. But uh, otherwise, he's pretty accurate, did a good job. And then this, this pass deserved to be picked off for sure. But Jordan Reed like elevates and gets both hands on it and kind of like tips it and and then Matt Jones for whatever reason is way downfield happens to be sitting right there I think he's actually sitting on his butt and and catches the ball so so already on this play you're kind of like shaking your head because it's like why on earth did he throw that ball and then then you're 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 really lucked out because it didn't get picked now Matt Jones has caught it for a first down so you're kind of like starting to jump but Jones I think he thinks that He's down. Um, in fact, yeah, I guess he. I think he said afterwards that he thought, you know, I guess like a um, one of his teammates had kind of like brushed against him, so he thought he was down and play was over. And he like just flips it, almost kind of like spins it on the ground next to him, but, <laughs> but it's live. And um, so that thing's live. And, and and now you're like, what is he doing? Because there's kind of like a long delay, and, and you know, you can tell that like there's no whistle. So the ball's live, then this Bears dude flies in from the side of the frame, and I think he should have pretty easily had the ball, but it ricochets like directly back into Matt Jones' hands, like almost by accident. I mean, he didn't really do anything, and it just shoots right into his chest. So now he's got the, he recovers his own fumble, and it's a first down. The whole thing was just wacky. Classic, classic. Yeah. Uh, you need some breaks along the way. Yeah, that was uh, definitely a big one. Who's the best running back on the Redskins right now? It's, it's it hurts me because Alfred Morris is probably still my favorite player, but um, it's Matt Jones, yeah. Why did you want to talk about Jones Morris today? <laughs> well, he, <laughs> I think the you know the the key thing to to like address with those two is that uh, the you know Gruden keeps sort of uh, specifying after every you know he gets lots of questions about. Um, how he's splitting the carries and distributing the work and who's really like RB1. And he keeps saying Alfred Morris. And sure enough, Alfred Morris got the start today. And over those first two drives, when actually the Redskins offense was going pretty well, uh, it was Morris getting most of the carries. But um, here lately, it's been a bunch of games in a row where like when it gets into the second half, fourth quarter, crunch time, even in spite of his fumbling issues, like they're definitely giving it to Jones when they need that key first down, when they need to milk the clock, even when a fumble would be killer, like it's it's obvious that Gruden has like enough faith in him, you know, having I guess fixed or solved the fumble issues that like th- this is definitely the guy they trust. He's definitely the he's the Redskins' most important running back now for sure, and it's like now it's essentially a foregone conclusion that he's the main running back next year. Well, is there any reason, uh, is there anything wrong with the way they use him? With one, one as a starter and one as the closer? I mean, do you need to, to declare which one's RB1 and RB2? Well, yeah, I mean, I, no, I don't think, I, I certainly don't think running back by committee can't work. I mean, a lot of teams do it, and, and there's something to, like, keeping them fresh. Um, but I think what, what I've had a little bit of a problem with and some fans object to is that they're, it's, they, they kind of like, um, you know, when one gets in a rhythm, they'll switch it up. And it, it seems like, you know, and it's worked both ways. Like I was a little surprised that you know that I thought the offense's work was moving really well with Morris in, and then they kind of like it seems like they go into the game sort of knowing like, hey, 
you know, end of the first quarter or whatever, we're just going to go to the other guy. And I think it's it, it, it's made it hard for either one to really like find a groove because they they both say and and seem to look on on you know especially Alfred Morris like based on his career he's always gotten like tons of carries and been a really high volume back and it has seemed to benefit him and they both say they want carries and that that, that it helps them and that they get stronger as the game goes on but um, you know. Maybe it's easy to pick on that because the Redskins running game has just been so bad and you just want them to change anything. But um, sometimes it has seemed like they should kind of pick a guy and if he finds any kind of rhythm, just just ride him. You want to like let him do his thing, let him start setting up the linebackers, let him maybe make a play in the second half that he otherwise wouldn't if you're just kind of like all giving guys like two series and then rotating two more series and rotating again. Yeah, I never think... Uh... I see. You see this in college more with with the rotating QBs, but I think it's some of the same way. For some reason, I feel like when when it's fixated, when when, when the players know I'm doing two series, whether I'm great or bad, I'm I'm coming out. For you know, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's a motivation thing or what. It, it just it never seems to to right. help excel. I mean, may, you know, and maybe the the coach is saying in the fourth quarter, I'm seeing the results of a, of a fresher back or whatever. But mm-hmm. I, I'm with you in that. Just generally speaking, if I'm it never, was working, you know, who's gonna, who's going to complain? But it's totally not. I mean, the Redskins' rushing offense has been historically bad this year. So, so bad. So, it, it makes you, it, I don't know, it just kind of makes you wonder. All right, and then, I don't even know what this topic means, but you hit me with Compton screen stuff. Yeah, so that was, this is just one really cool play in particular. Well, first of all, Will Compton um, is is the inside linebacker. Um, he's like, I guess, yeah, maybe third year player, undrafted out of Nebraska. He, and the Reds, he's kind of like a homegrown guy that started, I think, on the Redskins um, practice squad. And then he kind of gradually earned a roster spot and some playing time. And then when Keenan Robinson, who you know we talked about a few weeks ago as being sort of a disappointment for the season, he, he got hurt and they, they put in Will Compton in his spot. And he's played really well. He's kind of like the key... Um, He's sort of the you know that quote quarterback of the defense type guy. I mean he's calling out the plays and everything. Right. So he's he's been I think he's made six straight starts now. He's playing great. I don't think he's going to give his job up even when Robinson gets healthy. He's been one of the better better players in the defense. But there was a really key play in the fourth when um, when Chicago was like trying to drive back down and uh, I. Th- think this was late enough that they were trying to drive back down and, and get into into at least field goal range to kick a tying field goal and it was a third and ten uh the Redskins showed blitz and Cutler audibles and Compton um basically interprets his audible call and he knows that Cutler's checking into a screen and so he starts screaming out that uh you know it's going to be a screen and he, he alerts his teammates and so sure enough, it was like a little, um, it was a wide receiver screen to Alshon Jeffrey out uh, to the right. And like he and, and Chris Baker were there immediately and stopped it for um, two yards. And they were, they were still, it kept them out of field goal range. They had to punt. And it was like a really, uh, you know, huge, huge play. Just a really smart play. Key clutch play being when and where it happened. But um, I thought that that was especially cool for, Will Compton, who's like this guy that really uh, had to had to earn all of his playing time and his starting spot, that now he's probably got a really good chance of keeping. All right, I got a question for you. Uh, two weeks in a row, 
with uh, with fairly close games. A loss last week, yep. a win this week. Uh, but th- this week, the um, I don't I don't know how you consider the defenses playing the final drive. On the one hand, they gave up a scoring opportunity. On the mm-hmm. one hand, on the other hand, it was it was a deep field goal, and it certainly wasn't a great right. touchdown. You know, yeah. um, so uh, right now, if the Redskins were in a final possession situation, would you rather them be down by three with the offense on the field, or up by three with the defense trying to prevent a final drive? Oh, that's a cool question. Um... It's not it's not an obvious choice either way. I think I'd probably lean lean off it. Yeah, I mean, like in Dallas um, or against Dallas, the you know the defense really was the reason they were even in that game. But Cousins is pretty good at leading these these like you know four minute two minute drills. I'd probably put it in his hands and and kind of hope for the best. Um, yeah, I mean late late in games. For whatever reason, end of regulation, it seems like the Redskins are always kind of like, you know, I don't know if it's the so-called prevent defense or whatever, but they're always like letting people get into field goal range. Um, I'd probably trust the offense a little bit more, but not by a wide margin. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, certainly it's not a, a clear-cut answer either way, but I'd be curious uh, how other people feel about that. Uh, all right, another sort of uh, philosophical fan question at this time. Would you rather – um, I'm trying to think if I should make it general or specific to the to the situation that the Redskins are in right now. But if would would you rather go to the playoffs with a seven and nine? Would you rather make the playoffs this year and be seven and nine or eight and eight, but have all your wins be sort of like you know this game either either you know sloppy sort of um, mm-hmm. surrender a lead, barely hold on. You know, obviously yeah. could have lost if a kicker made something. You know, but you, you know, but you make it to the playoffs. But it's through wins like that, right? And then right, right. You clearly don't have confidence. Although, you know, I'm, well, well, anyway, that'll be part of your answer. <laughs> or would you rather, you know, win? Uh, again, would you rather sort of win and feel strong? And, and in this year, you probably that 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 would be enough to to win the division. But but let's say in a general year, you know, you you finish winning four or five down the stretch, but mm-hmm. but another team wins five straight down the stretch, beat you, you out, get in? and and you yeah. don't get in. Would you rather you know have more wins, feel good, and miss the playoffs, or I kind see. of still feel wishy washy? But you're like playoffs, playoffs or playoffs, check it yeah. off the list. We made the yeah. playoffs. That's a that's a particularly good question for like this iteration of the Redskins. I think because no one thinks they have any chance of like doing anything in the playoffs. Right. Um, so I, I think that's fair. I mean, no, I'm, I'm, as you're asking the question, I'm like, well, duh. Like, you always want to get in the playoffs. That's the most exciting game of the season, even if you just get one. Um, but this year, that's a tough question because I, do, I don't feel, you know, I, even as they're still in first place and, and more than in the thick of things, like, I mean, it almost doesn't matter. Like, any any, like... Well, actually, people are. If you start to kind of like look at how the stars are aligning right now, if they do win, there's like seems like there's a pretty good chance they'll get Seattle, which is like <laughs> worst case scenario. Seattle's like rolling right now, right? And they've, I think it's been three straight times actually when the Redskins have been eliminated from the playoffs by the Seahawks, um, including most recently, of course, in the game where RG three tore his ACL. But um, I might know somebody who uh, uh, would offer some, you know, bounties to just take out some <laughs> Seattle Seattle players with with you out of the playoffs. But go yeah. ahead. Uh, I mean, for me, like getting to the playoffs is awesome enough that I'd rather see I'd rather see it happen than have them be, you know, nine and seven and not get in. Or, but um, but but there's no question. I mean, your point is well taken. The the main 
the main thing we all wanted from this year, much more than making the playoffs and being zero threat, was like to show, um, you know, uh, tangible progress in this, you know, rebuild, so-called rebuild with with the new GM. So, I think at sitting at six wins right now, that that has already happened. Like, um, I think that they've already shown that they are that they've made positive steps in many important. Uh, areas so making the playoffs is just kind of like gravy at this point but yeah it would be it would be exciting uh, and I don't even know what his contract situation is uh, what, what, what's the, well I'll ask you what's Deshaun Jackson's contract situation right now he's under he- contract next year and then technically even through 2017 but I think that year voids so basically uh, he's got one year left um, he's not I think it would be if if they were, for example, to cut him. I think it would be very expensive in terms of dead money. I don't know the exact number, right? Um, well, but it's not, but it's not like a total non-option. Like if they decided they didn't, well, they wouldn't save money by cutting him, but they could potentially do it. I, I don't think they will. Um, do, but my question in general as a fan: Do you like Deshaun Jackson on your team? Yeah, that's been a, a very uh, – the answer is yes, I do overall, but that's been a hot topic because he's just like – there's a couple things. You know, I actually think that that some of the, quote, off-the-field stuff with him is a little overblown. He's not Definitely. really like a bad character. Yeah, no, not at all. But, um, you know, I think there's two things. He He's really fragile and – yep. You know, he missed a huge chunk of this year for an injury that you know most didn't think would would cost him that much time. He or gets even, even if it did, it did. You know what I mean? Exactly. Fra- exactly fragile is yeah. the right word. Even, yeah. even if it's a hundred percent legit, I, and, I have sympathy and, for you, but sorry, yeah. you get hurt. Bingo. And and then you know, even now, like even now, he's back and he's like making some plays, but it's like he kind after every single time he gets the ball, he's kind of like limping off, and you're just wondering which is going to be the next one. And then on top of that, I don't think. I mean, I don't know what he does like privately in the offseason and stuff, but he does not really give off the vibe of being like this football junkie, super hard worker. He I mean he he seems to really well. We know his game relies like exclusively on his speed, um, but like you know he he didn't he kind of like um, malingered a little through like a. Um, uh, an off-season injury too, and didn't play at all in the preseason, which probably contributed to his, you know, his hamstring in week one. And I'm, you know, I don't, I don't know if, in terms of like rebuilding your locker room chemistry, culture, yada yada yada, I don't know if he's the best example for like the young receivers. Um, so that's another thing that could potentially make them think twice. But all of that aside, like he makes plays that basically nobody else does. He's just this, he's instant offense and. He didn't really do anything too huge today, but he totally changes the you know, the way a defense plays the Redskins. Um, he opens up the middle for like guys like Jordan Reed, who's doing you know most getting most of the production. I I think you want him back. I don't think he's easily replaceable, but I I don't think that you know I, I think it's a question, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how McLuhan addresses it. Yeah, you left out. He sometimes runs twenty yard backwards on punts and then puts the ball on the ground. So brutal. He does that sometimes, and that, and that's the thing, man. And, and and you know, a couple years ago, he did the the drop the ball before running across the end zone. Right. And yep. I don't know, man. It just you're right. They're, they're, we've talked about how he's just one of those you know elite athletes, and he's one of you know uh, fifteen or twenty guys on offense that you, that you 
you know, game plan again specifically when when yeah. he's on, on the field. But uh, but I don't know. It's he's got he's got so many in the pros side that that you yeah. you you're. It's it's hard to say, but like man, you're, you're counting pros and cons. I think at you just got to have points, and he produces them. Yep, yep, that's true. Um, I always I think about this more in the soccer age of how much we talk about scoring in in, in football. And most of the times, it's like three to two. You know what I mean? It's like twenty twenty one fourteen. You know, um, yeah, a touchdown is a big damn point. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, and yeah, field goals are like half points. You know, it's like oh, exactly. we, you know, we, you know, we we have more scoring than soccer. Yeah, it's like you know, average score is like four and a half to two and a half. But I mean, like <laughs> it ain't that much. A touchdown's a big thing. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, anything else you want to address? Uh, do you, uh, do you, are you, are you playoff watching? Are you checking out the Eagles and checking out the, uh, the Giants yeah, tomorrow night? Big time. I was happy to see the Cowboys, uh, lose to the Packers today, but they're um, done though now, aren't they? Well, I believe well, I, 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 I mean, yes. If it's not but, official, then whatever. It's right. Done-zo. I was just, you know, I basically, there's all these things now that are like, you know, there's a, there's a totally plausible, you know, potentially realistic scenario where they can, basically if they win out and, and Redskins lose out, you know, they could still get in, but they're not, that's not going to happen. They, I mean, they, I think, so the Redskins are six and seven now. Um, if they, if they can beat Buffalo at home next week and then, win one of the two remaining games, which are both division games, Eagles and Cowboys, I think they're in pretty darn good position. And that's not, you know, that's totally doable. So, you know, they just got to hunker down and get her done. I want uh, I want the entire division to lose out and the Redskins to go 6-10 and 10 in the tiebreaker, baby. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, that's what I want. That, I, I wonder if that would actually be – I actually don't – I would I wouldn't even mind it. I love having yeah. – that's probably that's probably not even possible with that many division games left, actually. Now, well, now it was. It, but. Before today, like if, 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 um, if the Redskins and Eagles had both lost today, it, it still would have been – Somewhat plausible for well, it would have been at least possible for somebody to win the division at six and ten. At six and ten, six um, wins. Yeah. I wonder if that would. I, I really, I don't mind, and I'm not just saying this because the Panthers went seven and one last year. I said this when the Seahawks did it a couple years ago. I don't mind a team being seven and nine. I think, I think, you know, creating a mini playoffs within a division is a big thing, and and mm-hmm. sending a team to the playoffs from each right. division, I think, is a big thing every but year. But what not about? That, I, I'm with you on that. I don't. I totally don't think they should get. Um, you know, bumped. But what about like the seeding in the home field? Uh, that's true. What uh, what you get? Like, uh, you host like a wild card. Yeah, I mean, if the Redskins win the division at seven and nine, they're getting a home playoff game. <laughs> that is kind of maybe, <laughs> maybe I'd, I'd maybe concede that that they don't. They, that's what that's, happened with uh, Seattle, right? That that's when when they knocked off. Um, yeah, that's the Saints, right. and they had the earthquake. Yeah. You know, the beast mode run. That was home. Uh, yeah, I mean, Panthers got to host the Cardinals last right. year, but that that was a little bit deceptive because at that point, the the Cardinals had a better record, I think. But they, everybody was, I think, thought the Panthers were actually the better team because they had right. momentum and the uh, and Palmer was out, you know. So. Yeah, I don't really put, you know, I think, I think we're on the same page because, you know, I don't really, I don't think it really matters much what your record is when you get in. It's just, it's all about who's hot right then, who's right. healthy, who's hot. And well, it's entirely possible for the seven and nine team to be the better team or the favorite. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, health's a big thing. I, I just think it's cooler all just because I think you need to have a division winner every year. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I oh, think, yeah. you, you know, if only so that writers can, you know, say things like trying to take back the division crown or whatever. You right, know, who's right. gonna, you know. Uh, so, yes, I, I think. Uh, oh, I love, I love, I'm with you. I, I love the, my NFC East, man. It is so bad right now, but I love specifically hating those other three teams and just knowing more about them than, than the other teams, the NFC, uh, you know, it's, I, I'm yeah, I'm absolutely with you. I love the division race. No, it's it's the yeah. I mean, other people, some people's generation, I think, would say like the the Bears and the Packers are like the most classic division in football. Yeah. And it might be, but for for me, for my generation, partly because you know the Cowboys were so publicized. Right. The Redskins have always been kind of a national team, but specifically where I am in North Carolina. Um, and then the Eagles have been good enough, and obviously a huge team. And for a while, it was the Cardinals, right? Right. When it, when it right. those three in the Cardinals, and yep. then yeah, and then obviously when you put the Giants in there. But to me, yeah, those it's uh, you know it's uh, not to to take it. It's it's America's division, I think. So yeah, I mean, um, right, it's right. it's funny that it's a mess right now. Uh, all right, cool. We'll uh, we'll wrap this one up. Cut it, print it, ship it, and uh, we'll see if the Redskins can march on to the playoffs next week. Nice. See you later.